0: I'm Anya. And I'm Scarlet. Come inside the Flaming Yoni.
1: And explore everything from the sacred to the salacious. Welcome back to the universe.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, we are. Hi, darling. Hi, love. How are you? Well, I'm tired. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a fun, salacious weekend. Can you believe it? Me having some salacious, slutty fun. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I know, but I'm just so excited to be here because this episode is going to be such a treat.
1: It is going to be such a treat. Um, Near and dear to our hearts, we have one of our favorite humans, one of our favorite Mm. slut sisters, joining us as the first joint guest on the Flaming Yoni. And it could not be a better treat to have our darling Mistress K joining us this week. Mistress K is a non-monogamous, bi-curious and hetero-romantic slut sister of ours. She is a curious <laughs> kinkster, a sexual health advocate and a lifestyle blogger and she has one of the best blogs in the community, in the business. We are just so delighted to have her with us. And this is a person that I go to for all of my sex ed questions as I am dealing with multiple adolescents in my life. So what a treat to be having you join us today, darling.
2: Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. It's just... You're blushing a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> welcome to the Yoniverse, Thank mistress you. k you belong here you belong here with us and we are just thrilled to be here talking with you how are you today
2: I- i'm good i'm good i'm blushing because my imposter syndrome gremlin is popping up again you know just so that's Ugh. it's just that i have to kind of knock that bitch off. That gremlin to suck <laughs> off
0: yeah seriously knock yeah. that thing out of the stratosphere because you are such a cherished voice, um, you know. When you were <laughs> describing how often you go to Mistress K, I do as well. She is such an incredible person to speak with, uh, to to hear from, and I'm just so excited for our listeners to hear from her today. Um, but let's let's back up a little bit, Mistress K. Mm-hmm. Tell us the story of your becoming of your stepping into slut sisterhood you know what has that that process been like for you catch catch our listeners up to speed
2: um so i guess this is the this is the crux of the thing is this is kind of what people love to hear when they get to know New people in the lifestyle is what's your origin story, you know? And Mm -hmm. being the nerd Mm -hmm. I am, I do love a good origin story. Mm -hmm. So, um, I it started as, um, for well, for one thing, let me like back up my husband and I have always played around with non monogamy, but we never really knew what that was called. You know, we never knew how the terminology and, you know, the swingers and stuff like that. It was just us in our 20s getting drunk and like fooling around with people and then having that shit go sideways and dealing with the fallout from that. So we played around with it a lot. And fantasy has always been a healthy part of our relationship. Um, and then, you know, we we skewed more vanilla. And we, we did the whole thing of the marriage and family and all of that. And when you have kids and mm. you're home all day with your kids, you can get touched out and our sex life, and, and I was on birth control um, for that, so that affected my, my sexual drive. And we just got to a very low place sexually. And it took a couple, it started, what really started us down the path towards non-monogamy was having those real heart-to-heart conversations about our needs being met or not being met um our needs for intimacy and sex can be very transactional Mm -hmm. before you are honest about your desires and honest about your abilities it can sometimes come across you can get into this pattern of behavior where any kind of touch you feel like oh God, is this the expectation of sex? And when you're Mm -hmm. stressed and touched out and your desire is so low, you end up, you can, and this is, I'm speaking from my experience, obviously, you can end up pushing away any overtures of intimacy. Mm. So how we got started was actually just taking sex completely off the table. Mm. And we started by my husband giving me full control of when sex was going to occur and giving me full control of his orgasms as well. Mm. Um, That I think is how it really started because once it was off the table and just, it opened up so much space for just intimacy between the two of us because then, Mm. you know, At the end of the day, being touched out, I can just be like, I don't want to be touched for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then it was, no, come here. I, I need you. And then that became, then those that developed into come here, I need you and I want sex with you. And also with that low desire, we went into this habit of maintenance sex. You know, Mm -hmm. where you're Mm -hmm. just doing just the bare minimum to kind of keep your relationship going and keep a little bit of connection. But it wasn't true, intimate, connective sex that it could have been. Mm -hmm. So by taking it off, then those times when we did want sex, those became very pure. They, They became very, you know, like honest. I want sex. Yeah. There was no doubt that it was main. You know, there was no sense of, oh, is this maintenance sex? It was, I want new sex. Yeah. And from that sparked more desire, sparked more fantasy. I should also mention that I got off birth control, turned 40 and my sex drive went through the roof at that point. <laughs> so, um, with that shift where my sex drive rebounded, And the intimacy being at the forefront, the fantasies came back and being honest about our desires. And we've always had the fantasy of um, sex with other people. And we've had a very, you know, that's always been part of our fantasy life, our sexual fantasy life, but having it as a fantasy life and acting on it in reality are two very different things. And Mm -hmm. I was very much in the, no, I could never do that camp. And he was very much in the, yes, this would be completely hot camp, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And it took an honest conversation of, I really do want you to do this. And it took, and I say an honest conversation because he would bring it up more than once. And I would dismiss it. And I would. Shame him a little bit for him. That was weird. That's why would you want to do that? That's weird. I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um, it took a very vulnerable conversation where he sat and expressed his vulnerability of how that made him feel when I said, "That's weird,"
0: mm-hmm.
2: and saying, "You know, it doesn't feel good when I confess a desire, a sexual desire." To have you then tell me it's weird or that I'm a freak mm-hmm. for that and I realized that by not accepting the desire at face value what he was trying to communicate with me that I was hurting him yeah. by doing that yeah. and so now I'm the f- I, I've 180 hard in the opposite direction I am the one that will say don't you dare yuck on someone's yam and don't you dare yeah. kink shame because I was the cause of pain to someone who I love, you know, more than anybody else in this world by kink shaming him. And when I have that realization of that's my actions, my response to that is to go far the other way and to then be open about it. And one of the things he said was, I I just wanna be able to talk to you about it. And so, and talk honestly. And so from that honest communication built up the trust of, I want you to actually do that. And, but I want you to do it only if you want it, because Mm -hmm. I know there are sexual experiences that you haven't had that I want you to have, or that I feel like you have missed and I want you to have the full breadth of sexual experience if that is what you want. If you want to go and claim it, I want to support you in that. That was him. It was incredible. You know, it was incredible to have, and it took me a long time to realize, like, it's not a trap. He really <laughs> meant it. Um, and that it was okay for me yeah. to consider it. And then furthermore, okay to, act on it and yeah and that so so that's how we started and the the practicalities of how we got started in the lifestyle is the the first playmate that I ever had was someone who was he was a bit of on my what if list Mm -hmm. Um, it was somebody that I had known prior to dating and being with my husband but we never had sex. We had, Mm. you know, we had fooled around a little bit. We'd never, never went there. It's just 20 year gap kind of thing. Right. And, um, I reconnected with him and we just found out that he, he came into town close to where I live for business. And so I was like, well, next time you're in town, let's have dinner. And we did. And turned out there was a spark. And so my husband and I were just like, okay, well this might be an opportunity. You know, if there's a spark, this is someone we've, I have actively fantasized about in the past Mm. of what if would happen and all of that. Let's see what happens. And, um, so I went to went out to dinner. The spark was absolutely still there. Um, I came home very excited and kind of talked with my husband and said, yeah, let's let's see if this is something that he's willing to pursue with us. And so I was very open with him about like, look, I, this is what we're thinking of. We're thinking of open our marriage. We'd like to do it with you because you're the safe person that we feel I can do this with. Um, and it's no strings attached, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Um, And he was down for that, Um, which not every man is, you know, let's, let's be honest. It sounds like an incredible fantasy, but a lot of men just run when presented with the opportunity. And he said, yes, Um, which was pretty awesome. And we, we went out to dinner. And one of the things that I, I have shared in the past is that he is in recovery. And so I didn't drink the whole time that I was there with him. And the first time that we played together, I was completely sober. I didn't even have like a drink to settle my nerves at dinner or anything like that because I felt that would be, I I didn't want to be that person that was drinking in front of somebody who was in recovery, even though he was like, it's fine, have a glass of wine, you're fine. I was just like, no, I don't need to do that. And so I ended up having this really wonderful, very hot sexual experience with him where I did finally get to find out the answer of what if, right? <laughs> um and it was amazing. And I came home and I realized that I did not have the guilt that i thought would come crashing down on me mm. the guilt of oh my god you've gone out and violated your marital vows and <laughs> you know all of that i i didn't have it because i you know i had the full consent and support of my husband i came home with a lot of trepidation about what he would be feeling but for myself I did not feel any guilt about my actions. I only felt contentment and that I'd had this awesome experience. I, you know, was nervous as hell walking through that door. I was scared out of my damn mind walking through my that door. And I will never forget my husband's face when I walked through the door and he took my hand and put it on his chest and I could. feel his heartbeat of how excited he was (laughs) and he we never looked back we just haven't looked back from that moment and it's just been you know being able to talk about that connect with that be vulnerable from that that has kind of set us on this path of vulnerability and intimacy and it's changed from what we thought it was going to be when we were first talking about and sending each other memes and talking about what we thought might be hot and all of that the reality has been very very different from what we originally fantasized about but it's been it's been great and that was a really long answer to that question (laughs) it's okay i
1: mean some (laughs) some questions require long answers Um, I do have a curiosity that was piqued very early on when you discussed him handing over his orgasm, you know, kind of cadence to you, sex coming off the table unless you initiate or say it's something that you want. For our listeners that don't know you, Mistress K, uh, you're a very dominant woman. You are really interested in lots of aspects of kink and kind of dominance and submission. And I'm curious if you have always played a dominant role in your marriage or if that was something new when that came about in that conversation. And is that kind of what started your path down your exploration with you know, these, these power dynamics or, um, or was that something that had always been around?
2: So that's interesting because yeah, you would think that the, the orgasm control thing, you know, segues in so nicely with, with dominance, but no, that I personally would not consider that I had been dominant in our relationship. Mm. you know, or that that was the turning, even not even that that was the turning point for me. Mm. Um, because I don't think I had ever really gone into kink spaces and learned what it was like to be submissive or to go mm-hmm. into subspace mm. and bottom in a kink dynamic. So I only had a very loose understanding of of power exchange and dominance and submissive prior to finding kink. And I actually found my way into kink through the lifestyle Mm -hmm. because I was walking in swinger spaces as a hot wife prior to this, prior to finding kink. Mm -hmm. I found kink through my playmates, through different playmates that I had come up with um come up with um (laughs) but um my husband on the other hand is it he found kink first okay Mm. and he learned early on that he identified sexually submissive but no our marriage was much more equal and And has been much more equal and the the lifestyle and our changes that have happened with me finding my own sexual empowerment it has manifested in an expression of dominance, and mm-hmm. I think that for some women, their sexual empowerment manifests in it in an expression of dominance, and I think for some of them it manifests in an expression of submission mm-hmm. um. And for me, it it has come into mostly just realizing that I'm primal. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, my sexual expression is very animalistic. And mm-hmm. when I first got into the lifestyle, I thought I was submissive because I liked mm-hmm. rough play. I like being manhandled. I like being, you know, I the idea of just being thrown on the bed and, you know flung around that just almost wrestling biting growling like i thought oh i must be submissive because i want to be thrown around no it's just like rough sex that's what i like. <laughs> right you know <laughs> but as far as like the orgasm control um that that really, I always kind of think about that, and that that has been true with our FLR is been a way to boost intimacy. All of tell that. Our,
1: tell our listeners what FLR means. Uh,
2: Female Female Led yeah. Relationship, and that is another mm-hmm. thing that we found after kind of getting into the lifestyle. It was a way to codify the um, and and formalize the. The desire for intimacy and the desire for, I don't want to say emotional intelligence because my husband is very emotionally intelligent, but Mm -hmm. um, our FLR is really for him understanding the emotional weight of his actions. Because he's very easy, he he can compartmentalize very easily. Mm -hmm. um so i i use the term marriage tax right dan savage talks about marriage tax it's the price you pay for the privilege of being married to that person so all those little petty annoyances that you deal with and you just put up with because you get to spend this your life with the person that you love Hmm. and yes how you choose to deal with marriage tax is valid for whatever you choose to deal with but I think that it can also in a relationship be a little bit of a death by a thousand cuts. Hmm. And when you have an annoyance, when you have something that you've said, like, please don't do this. And then your spouse does it anyway, not out of malice, but just out of not understanding the weight of what doing that action means. Then, it can feel like neglect. And it can give that action a higher emotional weight than it probably necessarily has. Whereas if you can find a way to communicate the emotional weight of that action in a way that is understandable and makes them feel the emotional weight of their actions, Then action occurs to make that not happen again. Then behavior changes happen because you understand the weight of your actions. I am someone that if I feel like I've wronged you, you don't need to guilt trip me. I'm going to guilt trip myself way more. I am great at (laughs) self-flagellation. My husband is not. He's great at compartmentalization. So once he apologizes for something, it's done. Whereas he knew that sometimes the apology might not be enough. Mm-hmm. So the FLR is a way to formalize that. I don't, I don't know how to say it otherwise. To, to make mm-hmm. that more of a, a formal thing. I don't know if I'm explaining it well enough, but that's, that's kind of the way we're doing it. it.
0: Beautifully. Absolutely beautifully. You know, I um I've had the great pleasure of speaking with both you and your husband, Kay. (laughs) And you both you both have a quality when I'm speaking with either you or him that I always pick up on when it's present in a couple. When I'm speaking to either of you, it really feels like speaking I'm speaking to one, a oneness, like one person, like mm. you both. I I know you have, you're completely unique humans, but the the strength of your bond and what excellent communicators you both are shines through so brightly when mm. I'm speaking to either of you. And it is a really beautiful thing to witness. Like I've I just adore talking to both of you um so i just wanted to say that I'm, mm. I'm gonna be loving on you this whole episode so just get ready buckle down i'm ready for,
2: for it i am ready for the love yeah. i'm ready to receive we're it. gonna
0: do a love cuddle puddle a virtual one over here be
2: so i i do want to say that i I know that a, a lot of this stuff can sound very cerebral and very, you know, and it makes us seem like, oh, we have it all so figured out. No, far fucking from it. We have, we are two very flawed people mm. that are using the language of kink and what we've learned through communication and the lifestyle and learning and our FLR, and we're making it work for us to try mm-hmm. and find a way to connect as much as possible and to stay in alignment because that's how we want to move through this world we you know my husband always tells me that I'm I wouldn't want to go on this journey with anybody else but you and we've always kind of thought of Mm -hmm. talked about life as this journey that we're going through and if you've been on a journey you know shit happens there's a flat tire your luggage gets lost there's lots of stuff that can go wrong but the person that you're on the journey with can make or break your your journey with it and we just we're two flawed people trying to trying the best we can to make the journey a good one free the so both of us and my husband's not a service sim so our flr doesn't look like the way that a lot of, the way that a lot of the stuff depicts FLR.
1: Well, you're segueing exactly into what I was hoping we could talk about next, which you talked about language and, you know, the cerebralness of the dynamic that you guys find yourselves in, but also you are, you know, famously within our community known for a hot wife t-shirt that you like to wear. And I also know that we've had a lot of conversations about labels and about what people perceive dynamics to be from the outside looking in and how dynamics in kink and the lifestyle can be represented in things Mm -hmm. like porn and things like that. So I know that the three of us can each find labels to be very constricting and misunderstanding at times, but I know that we also find them helpful at times so that we can navigate like what people's chosen identities are within our world. And so I guess I'd really love to hear a little bit more about your perspective there because certainly you're comfortable Mm -hmm. with the label hot wife We were talking, I think, before we got on the episode about the lingo of playmates and what some men might choose um, in these types of dynamics. Some men like the word bull, you know, and I, I just I know we often feel like it can be very limiting. But it can also be very helpful and I just kind of wanted to open that up to segue another little segue here is that Scarlett and I are planning on an episode Mm. to help define a lot of this lingo for our community because we know people have a lot of questions, Um, so we may end up defining a lot of things Mm. here today too. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to open that up and get your thoughts, Kay, and obviously Scarlett, you too. I mean,
2: I wrote a blog post about it for when we did Cuck Week last year, and we're coming up on Cuck Week again, so I'll probably highlight that one again. But I wrote one called Check the Label. And from my perspective, and this was kind of my, the way that when my husband introduced the concept of hot and the fact that like, yeah, there are couples who do this, like, they're you know, women who go out and have sex and men who are like, yay, do that. Um, like I looking at some of the media and the memes and the stuff for that, um, it seemed that hot wife to me it felt like hot wifing was very much an umbrella term. And I tend to view that as an umbrella term or a Kinsey spectrum. Um for you know i don't even know if you want to say one sided or one asymmetrical open relationships we'll put it that way um or the yuck term of wife sharing um but <laughs> but on the one side you have the stag vixen dynamic and on the other side of the spectrum this is again my viewpoint is you had the cuckoldress and cuckolding dynamic and for me the difference between the two with the messaging that you get is the snag vixen dynamic seemed to be very male driven male fantasy oriented um Mm. or or the the male was the one calling the shots as the gatekeeper of who was going to have access to his vixen whereas on the cuckoldress end of the spectrum the woman the cuckoldress was calling the shots. she was choosing her partner she was the one in charge and both for my husband and for myself it appealed to us for me to be the ones calling the shots but early on in our dynamic we i still hadn't wrapped my head around erotic humiliation understanding humiliation a lot of the the messaging for cuckolding can be really extreme and somewhat off-putting for someone who's stepping mm-hmm. into this space and the neutral ground seem to be wifing and that um and it's there can be a lot of presumptions about who you are as a cuckoldress Whereas the hot wife seems to be a little bit more undefined in a lot of ways because you could be a vixen or maybe you could be a little more empowered. Again, that umbrella term, that Kinsey spectrum, you can kind of play wherever you want. And so I love the idea of hot wife as an umbrella term. And it's just one that resonates more for me because I realized that I was viewed. As hot, so kind of helping to shift my mindset into a hot wife and being able to own that and saying "fuck yeah, I'm a hot wife"
1: was also part of it for me. This is just a question that I have too, because we all have our preferences in terms of labels and things like that. And so I, I've often, I mean, I know at this point in time I'm single, so it's kind of a, a different, you know, different question for me now, but. Have you ever struggled with the terminology of hot wife in the sense that for me, when that was a a term that could be applied to me, I always bucked against it because I felt as though it was still defining me as in my relationship mm. to a man, so it felt like a very patriarchal term to me. So has that ever has that ever been problematic for you, or is that just something that you know you've been able to just really reconcile, just with the you know your entry point into it and, and embracing of it?
2: I, I certainly I know that marriage as an institution can be very patriarchal. I mean, let's be honest, but my marriage has never felt like that. Even though from the outside, if you were to look at my marriage, it looks so traditional, patriarchal, like it looks like it would be. But it has never felt like that. I have always felt seen and heard. So that's not something that I struggled with in that way. I get that.
1: And I, I think too, it's it's obviously going to be different for every person. I think the other thing that I've really enjoyed in kind of the linguistic conversation with you too is that you are always just so welcoming yes. and open to whatever other people's perspectives and definitions are of whatever their dynamic is. Because there has been conversation before around, you know, gatekeeping and can somebody call themselves a cuck or a cuckoldress or a stag vixen or whatever? Like, you know, can people claim those terminologies for themselves? And I know I've always perceived you to be a champion for yes, what you said earlier, I will never yuck somebody's yum and I'm not going to tell somebody who they are. They get to decide that for
2: themselves. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what's in your heart. You know what's in your heart. So you're going to pick the thing that resonates with you the best. And you're also going to pick the thing that resonates with you at what you're willing to admit to yourself. And I know that theres um, that there's been talk in the past of like whether or not stag is a valid term for men, like all stags are cucks or all stags are this. And, you know, fair enough. I'm the one who over here saying like hot wife is this umbrella term. So all cuckoldresses are hot wives. And that does not resonate with everybody. Just like there are probably a lot of men out there who are stags, who do not resonate with the word cuck. And they will never resonate with with the word cuck. But there are men out there who are identifying with stags because they haven't done the work on themselves to fully embrace the word cuck. Because let's also face it, cuckoldress, hot wife, vixen, those those are not used as slurs. Mm -hmm. Cuck Mm -hmm. is used as a slur. And cuck is used as a very negative slur in a very toxic masculinity way, hitting at the root of men's insecurities, men's things. And it can be very triggering. And so it's not supportive of me. And to men on their own journey of figuring out their own shit to sit there and say well you can't be this who the fuck am i to tell them what they can or can't be you know i'm just trying to figure out (laughs) my own shit i don't have time to deal with y'all's shit speaking (laughs) of how the word
1: cuck has been used kind of to weaponize men uh, weaponized against men um, we were involved in a thread on twitter this past week that. Uh, our very lovely Dr. David Lay mm-hmm. started and he questioned mm-hmm. whether or not the term cuck has grown in popularity over the last couple of years due to the agenda against, you know, utilizing it. As a, or
2: whether stag, whether stag cuck. has become oh, I thought, popular. I thought he said cuck, was it
1: cuck"? Um, on oh, Twitter. you You cuck. responded to it because it was it was about whether it has been kind of popularized because it's been brought up so much. In Republican yeah. quarters. put it into the ethos
0: and, more. Yeah, yeah they put
1: it into the ethos more and so now it's kind of gaining popularity and in, in news coverage and things like that so I thought that was really interesting.
0: And for our listeners who who may be unaware of who we're, we're speaking about we're speaking about uh, Dr. David Lay who is um, a therapist and a researcher and he wrote <laughs> uh, the book Insatiable Wives. Women Who Stray and the Men Who Love Them, which is an incredible text, if you have yet Mm -hmm. to read it. Um, Kay, I have a a question for you, because I'd like to talk with you about your blog, Headstrong Hot Wife. Mm -hmm. Incredible, incredible (laughs) blog. Mm -hmm. And you and I, I um, had a blog that was devoted to my experience as a cuckoldress Uh, and I have, I I guess this is a good time to announce this. I have moved those, some of those posts to theflamingyoni.com. Um, and I recall before you launched your blog, us having some conversation about what you were feeling and thinking at that time. And I, I'm wondering if it's okay for me to ask you about that. Um, because I think it was a beautiful thing that you and I, women who we're in non-traditional, non monogamous, you know, relationships, being willing not only to have those experiences, but share our experience as sexually empowered women. Mm-hmm. And I recall um, you reaching out to me, having some specific fears surrounding what is this going to be like for me? The You know, the willingness to tell my and our story. Uh, on this blog and I was wondering if you would be willing to speak about that because you know this show and what we hope to bring forward is more recognition and understanding for the female sexual experience and the more women Mm -hmm. we have raising their voices and talking about their experience, the better. This is like necessary to change the paradigm. And so I, I'm wondering if you would be willing to, to share a little bit about that.
2: Um, sure, I mean, for one, the, you know, the imposter syndrome Gremlin certainly was sitting on my shoulder quite a bit in those early days and it's still there. But I do remember talking with you, and I remember specifically saying, um, there are so many blogs out there. There are so many things out there. Um, There are so many other voices doing it and doing it so well, maybe I should just be a supportive chorus. You know, why why would anybody want to read what I have to say? Or why would anybody want to look at my viewpoint? You know, who the fuck am I to, to put this out there? So there was that aspect of it. There was that fear of just like I don't have a place for this. You know, I don't. My my place is just to be going rah 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 sis, boom ba, But um, on the other hand, there was I. I do share in putting out my private life. Um, I was worried about the blowback and the sexual shaming and what this might mean for my family and the exposure. Um, I mean, we, we do not live in a world that supports and celebrates sexually empowered women. Mm-hmm. Um, And putting myself out there and and putting my experience out there as a sexually empowered woman is also inherently putting a target on myself. And so there was a real weighing of how much I wanted to do that, how much value I think I could add, how much I felt like I could help other people, other couples trying to navigate this space and change the messaging from, or in, improve the messaging mm-hmm. from what was there when I entered in this space, which was admittedly better than it probably was when a lot of other women were entering right. this space. Because it's just, again, the more voices that are out there, the more it has grown. And, and the more options we have, so, yeah, I, I I think that I, I guess I just wanted to put it out there that, you know, this, as much as we, as much as we do this all because it's fucking mm-hmm. hot and it's fucking fun and it enhances our sexual lives and it's, yeah, it, you know, it makes my naughty bits tingle <laughs> the thought of going out and, having sex with other men and it, you know, makes my husband's dick get hard for the thought of me going out and fucking other (laughs) men. (laughs) But um, as, as hot as it all is, the reason that the the blog and what I wanted to come is the enhancement of our own relationship, Mm. the improvement of the communication skills, the closer the intimacy that we have found as a result of walking in, walking down this path of non-monogamy, but also not lying about how fucking hard it is too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can, it can be really, really challenging Mm -hmm. and you have to give yourself and your partner a lot of grace. Yeah. So I, I guess I just, I don't know. I just wanted to offer that perspective. But yeah, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of fear about it. And now I'm just writing sex toy reviews for the most, just so that I keep writing something on the regular. Great because I just sex kind toy of...
0: reviews. Wait,
2: I read one today, in fact, because we were
1: talking about the womanizer <laughs> on Twitter. And so you were like, uh, go read this one that I wrote. And I was like, oh, so good. Yeah,
2: it really didn't start out as a sex toy blog, but I got out of the habit of writing and so into the in an effort to get back into the habit of writing i started talking about my sex toys Mm -hmm. that i have and i've i i don't really write it as just like here here's this review here's what i think of it it's more of like here's this toy and how my husband and i use it or how i use it to enhance my own sexual pleasure or to enhance our relationship or our hot wifing dynamic. This is how it adds value to our sex mm-hmm. lives. But I use the the idea of doing the toy reviews is to one, keep me writing mm-hmm. on a regular basis so that I'm actually putting something out, but two to use that as a um, not a catalyst, but a you know a jumping off point to talk about other aspects of my relationship in our lives. And you also do so. an amazing series on Moan on
1: Tuesdays of your toy yeah. box reviews. So people should absolutely check you out on that as well. And, I feel as though we could keep this conversation going forever, but I think one of the things that we recognize is that you are such a dear friend to both of us and such an amazing slut sister and member of our community, and so we know that there will be (laughs) other opportunities for you to come back and join us on the Flaming Yoni Likely again and again. And so I just am so appreciative of you and your time, of you staying up late to have this conversation with us. (laughs) Um, Anything else that you want to talk about in terms of what's really alive for you right now? What you, I mean, obviously the toys and and those reviews and what's going on in your blog. Anything else that's really piquing your interest and that you'd like to tease our our listeners with before we leave.
2: <laughs> um well, we mentioned Dr. David Lay, who's amazing, awesome, and my <laughs> Twitter crush, but and we talked about his book, but a lot of I don't know how many people realize that the release of his audiobook was the catalyst for a whole week long of events last year called Cuck Week. And what started being this way that the community could come and help celebrate and promote the release of this audiobook? That for many of us, this book had really helped mm-hmm. in our own journeys and, um, and in inf- not influence, but added validation to our own yes. journeys to, to, you know, to have it written about and read about others' experiences. So, what started out as just the community saying, like, hey, let's help him launch this book, you know, and I say the community, meaning like the online Twitter cuckolding community. But what started as this way to kind of celebrate that launch ended up being this week long celebration of cuckolding as a relationship dynamic, as a kink, as, you know, but as a valid thing that brings value to people's lives who participate in mm-hmm. it. And to demystify and clear up a lot of the misconceptions of it. And it was so popular that people are like, We need to bring it back. Mm-hmm. So I I I helped me. Ma- I helped get cuckwheat going last mm-hmm. year when Dr. Lays like he reached out to me and was like, Hey, do you know anybody <laughs> that any any of the, the cuck holding community that would be willing to um you know blog about or or kind of mention this release and i was just like oh you have no idea what these people can do when you put their minds to it (laughs) and and so it ended up being this thing that was literally planned in like a month um and it was this whole week of events and so when this time of year started coming back around the there was from the cuckold community not from Dr. Lay, but from the cuckold community there was a people saying is it coming back? Is it coming back? And so we're trying to bring it back. And what's interesting is that because we don't have the launch to rally behind, it is ended up being this how do we all celebrate it? And because cuckolding is so varied mm-hmm. and people Approach it from so many different ways that um, the theme for this year's cuck week, for lack of a better term, because last year we kept talking about cuckolding is love because we wanted to emphasize the love of this relationship. But this year, there's so many varieties that the theme that we've come up with is just cuckolding is dot, dot, dot. And it's mm-hmm. very much a fill in the blank. So people are able to express their own ways that they celebrate this relationship and that's been something that is I, I am finding very rewarding and I'm also having to check my own self and my own impatience because I know what it means for me mm-hmm. and I'm having to remind myself that my definitions are my own <laughs> And they do not necessarily need to be applied to everyone. So this has just been a great reminder for myself to kind of check my own impatience when I, you know, if if I feel like that's not right, mm-hmm. well, who that's right for them? So hush your mouth, you know. Like, right. but um, so that's coming up, and that's coming up January twenty third. The, the it starts January t- 23rd and a lot of the chats will be on Moan. I think last year it was much more kind of cross platform but this year I I think we've really found a home yeah. at yeah, Moan sure. because it's such a it's such a sex positive and safe place and such a just an awesome audio platform so, to have these kinds of con- discussions yeah. um so yeah it's um so if you don't have the moan app get the moan app so we tell our listeners learn all about
0: yeah
2: so you can learn about cook week and you can also join my toy box teases and some other things that I've got coming down the down the pipe so love it yeah Yeah. that's that's what's that's what's firing me up and then also just sexual health advocacy Mm -hmm kink everything kink fires me up i'm all <laughs> yeah you
0: are the uh, literally within the first i think when i do have a new experience in kink anya is probably the first person i text and you are the second <laughs> i'm just like i've got to reach out to Kay and tell her about this um yeah mistress Kay. words can't even describe how much i cherish you how valuable mm. you are in these spaces Mm. and in these communities you i have seen you make people feel so held and so Mm. valid um you just have a special (laughs) gift for that you have a special gift for communicating things in a way that people can really attach to and respond you know and respond to with with love and with inclusivity like i it's one of the things that i just adore about you and we were part of cuck week shifting back into cuck week we were part of cuck week last year the first annual and anya and i will also be part of cuck week 2023 Mm -hmm. yes we're very excited uh this podcast uh and some chats occurring around the moan app uh we will be releasing some some episodes surrounding that. And we're, we're excited to support oh. this because it was a great effort last year. Absolutely. You know, p- part and parcel to your incredible advocacy in bringing us all together. And you're right, when we come together, we can do incredible things. So thank you for coming into the Yoniverse with us for being thank our you. first guest and the welcome. interview.
2: Well, Cuckwick needs their queen cobras to like, you know, <laughs> bite us into... Get a, get us those bites. Get us to mm-hmm. stay on our toes. Get some so, of we need our, our venom. venom and... us. Um, <laughs> feel us. Inject us with that lovely energy of you. Oh, you're that so kind. We can't energy. wait. <laughs> well, we're yeah. so
1: grateful to you. Thank you for joining us this week in the universe, and to all of you listening, thank you for joining us this week in the universe, and we cannot
0: wait to be back here with you again next week. Thanks for spending some time in the Yoniverse with us. We adore our listeners and we'd love to connect more deeply with you. Find us on our website, theflamingyoni.com, and our socials are in the show notes.
1: Before you leave the Yoniverse, be sure to give us a five star rating and don't forget the review. Your feedback means the world to us. We can't wait to light your world on fire next week, and in the meantime, stay sacred and stay salacious.